At the Home Depot, when you buy select RYOBI tools, you'll get an extra RYOBI One Plus battery for free. Now you can give a gift that not only keeps on giving, but also keeps your favorite tools going. So whether your holidays sound like this, or this, we have the gifts to make your holiday magic. Plus, get free delivery on over 2 million eligible items from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to another episode of the Baby Bet Podcast, live from the comfort of my baby bed, also known as my crib. It is a beautiful Wednesday in the city of the city. Today's episode is going to be a little more tame, a little bit more lighthearted, because I'm going to be talking about travel. Why do we travel? When do we travel? The reasons, the advantages for travel, and the way we get around in today's world. So enjoy, and of course, feel free to comment or send in your requests or your feedback, but most importantly, enjoy another episode. From me to you. This is the Baby Bed Podcast. <coughs> the Baby Bed Podcast with Sunday Pro. Baby, check it out. Yes, welcome to the episode on travel. Today I was thinking to myself, let's talk about something that people do on a regular basis in today's society. It's a business, it's a hobby, it's in fact even a career of many people. Travel bloggers, travel journalists, travel documentary filmmakers, various kinds of people do exist and that's why I figured the topic of travel is very interesting to talk about. Now of course if you are a travel enthusiast I would like you to share your ideas and your reasons for traveling because everyone travels for various reasons. So let's start off the episode by talking about travel in itself when it started out because if you look back many 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 thousands of years i just read the book sapiens so i have a little bit of context to this travel was not a very big thing because every community every tribe was localized to its little pasture to its little piece of land to its little hunting territory where they would go around gather berries and nuts and twigs and roots and then they would hunt the, the occasional mammoth because they had mammoths back then how cool is that? Hello, honey. I'm just going out. What? To get some groceries? No, I'm just going to get myself a mammoth. Ah, that sounds like a mammoth task. Oh, not a mammoth task. It's a mammoth task. Oh, you're playing on words, you primitive punner. That's a conversation back when it was primal puns. That was uh, the first uh, Adam and Eve situation where she's like, oh, are you touching my Adam's apple? He's like, oh, is that Eve teasing? Ah, that's what they would have for humor and entertainment because there was no Netflix back then. They only had nets. And then they would flick other people's food. So that was the original Netflix. <laughs> but mammoths are beautiful uh, creatures. Some of them are preserved in ice right now. And no one told them that they've been preserved in ice. They were just like, it's cold, it's cold, it's getting colder, it's getting colder. Excuse me, uh, anyone book on Amazon a mammoth-shaped ice tray? I've got one order ready, uh, cash on delivery. But there's no cash. Maybe if you give me a primal pun, I will give you a mammoth-shaped ice tray. It's giant and it's in the shape of a mammoth is uh, what I believe happened back 10,000 years ago. Now, travel. Why do people travel? Why is the idea of travel so important? The world has shrunk. As Thomas Friedman, the journalist said, the world is flat. Now, the bastard doesn't know that for thousands of years, people were prosecuted and persecuted for saying the earth is round and Copernicus and Galileo 
said the earth is round. And the Pope's like, no, you will not talk nonsense like this about the earth. It is not round. It is flat. And it is the center of the universe. The sun goes around and around and around the earth because I am the head of the church. And you will understand and you will take my word as scripture because I am the Pope. Yes. Who is your daddy? I am your Pope. Pope. And they were like, no, we have done research. We have gone to Google. And Google, Mr. Pope has told us. Oh, what the Italian? Maybe they're like, hey, Poppy, what are you trying to talk about? I went to the Google and he said the earth is round. But then, 2,000 years later, Thomas Friedman from the New York Times said, the world is flat. And Copernicus is like, you bastard, how dare you? And the Pope is like, I told you, Thomas Friedman will come along at some point and defend the theory of the church that the world is flat. But Thomas Friedman is like, no, 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 what I'm trying to say, boys and girls, take it easy, Pope and Copernicus, the world is not flat in that sense. It's a metaphoric analogy about how because of globalization and the communication and travel, the world has resembled a flat surface where people can interact and communicate cross geographical lines. And the Pope's like, why do you talk like that? This American everything very logical. I do not like it. But anyway, you are talking about travel, Sandip. Continue. Otherwise, your listener will get angry with the Church of Italy, the Roman, the 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 but church, but the church. That's that's how the Pope ends every uh, sermon. You got to love with everybody. So where was I? Why did the idea of travel become important for people? Uh, uh, is it because, or was it because people were tired of local boundaries? Was there a curiosity which could not be satiated by their own community, by their own geographical landscape, by their own geological formations? Uh, because I don't know who's the first person. Because I, I, uh, I did uh, watch the documentary called The Journey of Man, talking about how there were six waves of migration from the original Ugandan tribe where we all descended from. Uh, Uganda being, of course, next to uh, Myganda, uh, being next to Arganda, neighboring tribe of them also, Uganda, all little tribes in Africa. And they uh, sort of started off there, six waves of migration, if I'm not mistaken. The first wave went through Central Europe and down through South India, Madurai, and then ended, ended up in uh, Australia as the Aborigines. They were the first lonely planet folks. They wrote the first guide, which basically meant don't eat the food in Madurai. It's very spicy and it has lit my ass on fire. Therefore, I need to trans uh, send geographical limits and I need to traverse the oceans to wash my ass and cool it down to a temperature which would be down under the original I'm a land from a down under men at work but that was the first wave I think the second wave went over the Urals to uh, Europe and became uh, the, um, the, the the so-called uh, modern Europeans they're taller they're whiter they're fairer skin they tolerate colder temperatures Actually, no, I don't think they ended up in Eastern or Central or Western Europe. They went all the way to Alaska and they're known as the Inuits. Uh, that's when the women are like, ah, shag me. And, he's, and then she's like, are you <laughs> Inuit? Uh, <laughs> he's like, no, my name is Justin. I was just about Inuit, but now it's come out. That was the second wave, and therefore they had six migrations. Uh, I think uh, our South Indians were one of the fourth, I think, which came down from uh, modern-day Kazakhstan, 
or Uzbekistan. And he did some DNA tests, this guy, the documentary filmmaker who did the Journey of Man documentary. Uh, strangely enough, my cousin has written a book, Chinmay Thumbe has written a book called India Moving, talking about migratory patterns within India, how a lot of the people are not where they were born. Uh, and this is contrasting to a country which is smaller like India, where people move from their villages to the uh, first kind of urban landscape being the townships, then to the cities, and then to the large metropolitans. But if you look at a place like America, many of them haven't left their little place. Like they have uh, stayed at the same place where their grandparents, their great-grandparents, grandparents, fathers, mothers have stayed. And for them, if you live in Ohio, New York is some place far, far away, which is pr- practically around the world, across the world. But uh, Indians... I think because we are limited by space, do travel a lot more. And if you look many, many hundred years ago, this is not chronologically in order, but I'm just uh, trying to uh, spout out all the things I've learned. Uh, If you look at the seafaring populations like the Vikings, the Nordics, uh, the Normans in France, and then the British, the Saxons, all these various tribes which left Europe and then they went and conquered the island of Britain and Scotland, Ireland, and then they just traveled. Uh, The Portuguese, Spanish, and the British were very famous for traveling. The original travelers were, of course, the Romans under Julius Caesar, and who's the other guy? Um, Scipio, Uh, Scipio, something like that, that's his name, the general. And they went across various lands which were um, henceforth known as the Roman Empire, then the British Empire, then the Spanish Empire, the Ottoman Empire, then the Prussian Empire. So travel is something which started off as conquest to increase your boundaries, to make sure that your name and your, uh, your, your culture is spread far and wide and um, also traveled and stands the test of time. But nowadays travel is more recreational. You have, I think, fundamentally three kinds of travelers. You have the travel enthusiasts who want to travel to different parts of the world, meet different people, try different food experience different cultures and also broaden their horizon. The second, of course, people who travel for shopping because they want to go from Bangalore to Dubai, Dubai to even some place as far away as Vladivostok and still go shop at Zara because that is the true reason of traveling. Uh, These are the kind of people who will stay in a five-star wherever they go. They will uh, pretty much say, it was amazing when I went to St. Petersburg because surprisingly the JW Marriott in St. Petersburg has the same kind of soft furnishings that the JW Marriott in Bangalore does and I felt so at home. Uh, These are people, at least they're honest in their superficialness. I like that. Uh, The third kind of travelers are the people who like to document stuff. They want to go and uh, find the underlying currents that unite us as a human race. But then you have the pretentious travelers, right? Who are, they want everything in its entirety. They want the most basic form. I want to live in the cottage in the middle of like the, 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 the Kalahari. I want, I want to like stay in the Serengeti National Reserve, but I want air conditioning Wi-Fi and I want my final food. And then at the same time, you have the guys who would be like, I want to eat everything which is local. I want to eat kangaroo. I want to eat alligator. I want to eat a hippo. And then they're like, ah, my teeth fell off. Mm. They have that problem. The hippos, not very digestible on the human palate. So yes, travel. We travel for food. We travel for exploration. We travel to discover ourselves. We travel to fulfill our curiosity. The human brain being very curious, by curious, uh, they pushes us to go to various places and eat different food and be like, ah, I never like that food. I want to go and eat Indian food in Croatia. So we do that as well. But why do people travel across boundaries? Now, if you look at just, let's look at India as the country 
of our origin and country of my current residence people travel for work people travel across their state boundaries across their townships to go to a place where there is employment now a lot of people have come to bangalore as a hub because of the uh, silicon valley explosion and as a result the peripheral industries that have uh, sprouted hospitality service industry so a lot of people from the northeast have come down a lot of people from north india have come down a lot of people from central india have come down and this creates an interesting situation because travel is a very broad yet specific word i mean the idea of travel is going from one place to another but the activity of travel involves a lot more it involves accommodation it involves food it involves an idea of being in a different place as the same individual and that interests me because i am sandeep rao in bangalore and my identity in a certain regard is shaped by the interactions i have in this present society under these certain circumstances i if you look at it by societal societal standards i am defined by the friends i have the places i go to the socio economic status i hold but if i travel say to a place where i have absolutely no social network say i travel to uh let's guess you know throw something out there let's say i travel to papua new guinea is papua was a papsmear no not papsmear new guinea that's where they have a lot of vaginal infections where the you know but say i go to samoa right or go to fiji i have uh, absolutely no connection they have no friends no friends of family i have no no one uh, i pretty much go as a stranger with my passport and that whatever money i could scrape together so this is an interesting uh, test of travel when you go there Yes, you are defined by those people who meet you based on where you stay, how much you spend and how you kind of deal with your trip. But if you can strip away all that, if you go uh, because these are things that define travel. I mean, if you go to Bombay and you stay at the at the Four Seasons, there are certain kind of preconceived notions that come along with your trip. People are like, okay, this person has money, this person has um access to a lot more than we do. At the same time you go stay up in a in a little pg outside dharavi there's obviously you might be in a much more uh, you know advantageous economic situation back your where you're from but it it kind of determines where you go and what you do and how much you spend there that's the thing about travel because indians have a lot of money and when we travel to europe now we're great uh, tourists because we spend money we're not the most well behaved but they tolerate us because we spend a shitload of money um on certain things in accommodation we spend like 300 euro a year just here to but um it's interesting what europeans want to go to places they come to southeast asia because they get the colonial feel at a much cheaper cost but rich europeans they, they who knows where they go maybe they go to the moon we don't know yet maybe they have a little uh, what's that place oh i love that name a little chalet in switzerland i love that word chalet i go to my little chalet and we just a chalet la 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 so they hang out there but uh, even in travel there's a lot of hierarchy there is of course uh, various modes of transportation and uh, that kind of mode you travel on determines your access to money because okay let's break this down let's break down the money aspect right money and travel go hand in hand now there are low budget travelers there are backpackers there are people who go to the fanciest places in the world people who go for various reasons we've discovered that we've understood food travelers the cultural travelers the shoppers the uh, people who travel to understand the world outside 
Um, and I, I'll come to why travel is important in just a little bit, but let's just quickly talk about the modes of transport. Uh, of course, nowadays, flights are the most common. Um, there's, of course, the trains, which are a beautiful mode of transportation. And I'm going to ask you in just a bit what your favorite mode of transport is. Uh, then, of course, back in the day, there was ships, which involved a lot of planning. You couldn't just say, honey, today is our wedding anniversary. Let's just go. Drop a hat. Let's collect all the belongings and get on a ship. And um, once you get on a ship, you have a lot of time to, you know, kind of contemplate and understand what a shit decision it was because you're now stuck on that boat for 60 days. And you're like, yeah, that impulse thing for our anniversary was a bit too impulsive. I didn't think it through. I didn't realize I have motion sickness. I didn't carry enough uh, medication. Now I realize that I've got anxiety on the seas. Uh, 60, 59 days, 58. Oh God, the shit doesn't move. Uh, yes, remember that whole thing I told you about I love you for the rest of my life through thick or thin. It's kind of wearing it down. Where's that fucking iceberg? I wish I can crash into it right now because I feel like ending it all on this stupid fucking ship journey because now if you're a ah I forgot the other reason why people travel to study to universities in the UK in Australia in Europe in America and now if you're feeling homesick you're just like fuck it I want to go home mom dad pay for that fucking ticket bro and 12 hours 30, 24 hours later you're back home but if you were back in the day there's a mode of transport a ship you're like I feel so homesick and your dad's like uh, okay come home and 60 days later, you're still on the boat going, fuck, I want to go back. So impulsive decisions were not possible back in the day. Uh, so yes, ship transport now is, of course, more with uh, the cargo, with the oil, and of course, the the uh, cruise liners, which are, of course, floating cities, and they pretty much have everything. And you don't really even feel the waves because they take you to the most uh, beautiful and calm seas. And uh, yeah. But plane travel now, of course, even within the ships, you have the first class cabins, you have the high-end executive cabins, yeah, business class, first class, and all the people can't afford tickets. 600 of them are put into like five seats in economy, cattle class also known as. Um, I, you know, personally love, um, you know, planes. I was a little anxious about traveling by planes because, you know, the whole thing, uh, you know, let me just tell you, as, as a traveler on flights, you need to either know nothing or know everything. This halfway knowledge really fucks you up because, you're kind of uh, aware of what's going on, but you also don't know what the other things are going on on the plane. So you hear, you hear an extra tick from the engine. You're like, oh, God, Malaysian Airlines. Oh, you're like, oh, God, Air Asia. And that sort of sends you into this frantic thing. So I've given up on that. I'm, uh, I've realized that, you know, traveling on a plane, even in the worst weather, is still better than traveling on our roads in India. Uh, I'll come to the road transport. But um, getting upgraded to business class is everyone's dream, right? Oh, my God. I got unknowingly upgraded from Dubai to LA on an Airbus A380 free of course and it just felt like there is a god because see men especially have this dream when they travel it's kind of a fantasy that if you have an empty seat next to you till the last minute of boarding you have this hope and this dream that there's going to be a hot girl sitting next to you never happens but at the same time the biggest nightmare a man has is that um, the biggest nightmare is a hot girl sits next to you on that one day when you have horrible gas and you have like the losies. So these are the two things that are um, a man's travel dream and nightmare. Um, flight travel is predominantly smooth, but the problem now is a lot of people who travel on planes are entitled pricks who think they can behave how they want, they can abuse the staff, they can demand what they want. Uh, this is not just Indian, I've seen Arabic um, uh, uh, you know, Arabian travelers, I've seen um, 
let's just say Middle Eastern travelers. I've seen African travelers. I've seen even white, uh, European, American, Australian travelers. It, it just gives them this thing because the problem is they're just trapped in this tube now with you and they can do what they want. And you're just like, fucking a son. So it feels a little claustrophobic, even though it's the shortest mode of transport. Now, trains, on the other hand, are my favorite. If you told me, Sandeep, there's a train from Bangalore to San Francisco and it's about four times longer than the flight, I take it in the blink of an eye because it's just the most amazing mode of transportation. I haven't been on those uh, hyper-fast Japanese trains or the Chinese train or even in France, the Tojavu or whatever it's pronounced. But I've been on the Shatabdi. The only problem with the Shatabdi is that every motherfucker who's got a phone decides that the 6 a.m. Shatabdi is a time to highlight and show off their ringtone. And from Suprabatam to Ed Sheeran, everything's playing. And this guy's like, soup, sir, sir, breakfast ready. Soup, idli, sambar, Hindu newspaper, coffee, tea, yalla, we will give it to you in two minutes. I'm like, dude, is this a train journey or a buffet on the way to hell? And while you're eating that soup, someone's fucking farting, someone's just listening to MS Subalakshmi, someone else is doing the crossword. It's a bit hectic, it's a bit annoying, but I love the train. I remember every year we used to go to Hyderabad for summer holidays from the age of like 6 to age of 16. We used to take the Hyderabad Express. It used to leave Bangalore, I think around 9pm, get to Hyderabad around 8, 7, 8 a.m., it was just lovely eating that train food. They used to give you those sheets covered in bed bugs and you had the two tire, the three tire. We used to go by second class uh, and it was just such a lovely experience because even in second class, you have the three berths and the two berths and we took the two berth air conditioned and oh, the toilets, of course, they haven't got it right yet because every time you take a pee, you look down and it's like, okay, life is very volatile because if my penis slips, I will go on the tracks and be a part of other people's feces. But it's just a lovely suit. I think the main thing for me is the sound of the train. I took a train, in fact, once in the US from Boston to Rochester, New York. And it was just lovely until the immigration guy's like, excuse me, can I have your passport? I'm like, I don't need a passport. I'm within the United States. And he's like, uh, you're, you have an OPT, but you don't have a passport. We might have to arrest you. I'm like, please, 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 Mexican man, please don't do that. But I love the sound of train tracks. I love the sound of the metal hitting the metal. I haven't been on a magnetic rail. You've arrived at your destination. Thank you for traveling, magnetic rail. I, that's a beautiful journey. But trains are beautiful. Car journeys now, bus and car, road transport. Now, the idea of road transport is very cool because a lot of people are like, oh my God, it's amazing to take a road trip with my friends. It's just so cool because I can like pack a case of beers, take like a picnic. But here's the thing. Now, when you have an interstate system or a motorway system, which is beautiful roads, you can just put it on auto control and you put on cruise control, go at 50 miles and you're following lane discipline. It's beautiful. Traveling on uh, in a car on our Indian roads is just like, for me especially, a guy can't see sitting in the passenger seat in the front. It's just like honk, 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 go 150, screech to a brake. Oh my God, we're going to die. Because... The trip to Chikmanglur once, I was traveling with a friend, sitting in the passenger seat, and literally in the first 30 kilometers, we almost got hit by a brick that flew off a truck. We hit a helmet, which fell off a guy's bike because he didn't wear it on his head. He thought it would be better to wear it on his handlebar. We we got almost uh, caught in a traffic jam because eight cars had stopped to see a snake on the side of the road because that is fucking fascinating for us peasants, right? 
Then what else happened? We had a speed breaker at a certain speed, almost lost our front wheel. So this is apparently the idea of a fun road trip. And we listened to Red Hot Chili Peppers the whole time. Oh, road tripping with my favorite allies. Ah, uh, no. Not exciting at all. It's almost like, okay, I'm doing a headlong rush into the uncertain uh, void of existence. And if I come out of it alive, I'm lucky. That's a road trip for me in a nutshell or in a helmet, if you want to call it that. Bus travel, again, scary. I don't enjoy it as much. It's just a Quaker night bus. You get hammered and you put like three quarts in your system. You wake up. A problem is peeing again because you have to pee and they're like, hey, we can't stop. How much you want to do, Susu? And he announced the whole bus. is like, yeah, how much Susu you want to do? It's embarrassing. So car, road transport, not happening. Uh, ship, I haven't been on a ship. I went on a little yacht in Croatia and that was miserable because the bathroom was as big as my arm. So that was pretty traumatic and I need a clean bathroom and I need a clean uh, bed. That's pretty much all I need. I don't need pubes sticking out of the fucking shower. But uh, <clears throat> what do you guys need when you travel? Uh, let me know. Is it your, is it the favorite kind of food? Are you willing to experiment with different kinds of food? But when it comes to accommodation and travel uh, as in modes of transport, what are you looking for? Is it clean? Is it, luxuri- is it luxurious? Is it just the basic amenities? Uh, let me know in the comments. I'd like to hear from you because everyone's different and everyone travels for different reasons. But I will end today's episode on a certain note. Why is travel important? Well, it's important for different people for different reasons. Uh, People like experimenting with different food, different cultures, meeting different people. But I'll tell you what I believe is the most important reason for travel. It gives you perspective on how insignificant you are, how insignificant your networks are, how insignificant your problems are, how trivial all your stresses in life are. Because when you leave, say, Koromangla, Indranagar or Connaught Place or maybe even Pawai or Bandra and you just say you head out to Dhaka in, in Bangladesh or you head out to Colombo or you head out to even Mauritius or the Maldives or maybe you go far away to Russia on work or maybe you go really, really far away to Australia, you just realize there's such a large world out there. There are millions and billions of human beings who are every day just trying to make ends meet, every day trying to get past their issues. Some people have issues of poverty. Some people have issues of mental health. Some people have issues of family troubles. Everyone across the world has issues. And your issue is just one small issue in a large pond. And the biggest thing that travel realizes, uh, makes you realize is that you can either be a big fish in a small pond or be a big fish in the larger ocean. So travel as much as you can because it's fun, it's important, but travel for your own reasons. Try being fun, adjusting, and realize that there's a world out there. So enjoy the next trip, and hopefully you listen to me when you're on your way, because I'm right here to stay. This is the Baby Bed Podcast. Till next time. Ciao! The Baby Bed Podcast, every Wednesday. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, please do check out the other episodes on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And I would much appreciate it if you could like the video, share it with people who you think might enjoy it. And of course, do subscribe to the channel because it will help me and the podcast grow and reach more people just like you. So thanks again. Appreciate it.